You're now listening to J House Radio in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Yo, yo, what's up? What, what up, what up, what it do? What it do, Steve? How you doing, man? Good, man. How are things with you, man? Things are great, bro. Things yo, congratulations, are great. bro. Congratulations, I gotta say. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Now, where is Evan? Now we're just waiting <laughs> on Ev. Yeah. To hop in here, bro. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go ahead and begin. See how you doing today, though. You good? Everything good? Yeah, everything, everything all right for a Wednesday. So. Yeah. Let me see. I'm surprised Evan hasn't texted me by now. Yeah. Usually, I sent him the invite. So let's see. Forgive me for a second. No, all good. All good. Whew. Ev, there he is. There's the boy. What up, man? What's up? How you doing, man? You good today? Yeah, today's been a long one. I feel you. We finally made it through traffic. And All I'm right. Bet, bet. Well, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, for those who are tuning in on IG Live and for those who are going to tune into the podcast later, welcome to J House Podcast Radio. This is episode number 114, I believe, or 15, one of those. Um, I'm here joined by my co-host, Evan Elliott, as always. And today we have a very special guest returning to the show. He is actor, artist, smooth-talking poet, in my opinion, Steve Kassan. Welcome to the show, man. My goodness, Jay. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. Always, always with the wonderful introductions. It's an honor to be on with you again. And hello, Evan, for the first time and for more, more, more. Thank you. Thank you for that. No problem, man. No problems. No. No, go ahead. I was just going to say it's great to be talking to you, Steve. Great to be talking to you, man. Great to be talking to you, Evan. So um, today we are um, a few hours, I'd say, or maybe pretty much half a whole day away from uh, Justice Con tomorrow, which um, is for the fans, by the fans, led by the Vero community and uh, two of of the Vero community's very own um, that organized this event. So today's uh, sort of topic was just going to center on um, Justice Con, what we're going to see from Justice Con, and uh, whatever else the conversation may branch out into. Um, I wanted to even address some of the Snyder Cut movement behavior that I've seen lately. Um, but yeah, just starting off with um, with Justice Khan. Um, so Steve, yeah. where where's your hype at right now, man? Where's oh, your hype? So 
my hype for this is just uh, it it's absolutely incredible, man. I I cannot imagine like when this year started. I couldn't imagine like how it would turn out, and I couldn't imagine this out of all the things. This is I keep telling folks that this is a moment in history. I think we we spoke when the first time that we're yeah. living history, and Justice Khan is exactly that. Like what Nana Cole Meg have done, what three fans fans yo have done. Not a not a corporate entity and not a anything as such. Not a movie studio. Not anything like that. Yeah. I'm understanding that San Diego, like Comic-Con origins were started by fans, comic fans. But this, this is like a grassroots movement. This is a pure extension of release the Snyder Cut movement. That this is yeah. a fan-made event. And I think that hype levels is big because, look, we have, they have Zack Snyder talking. We have Ray Fisher talking. They have right. Deborah talking. They have Clay. They have Fabian. They have all these folks uh, talking, but but the figurehead of it all, Zack Snyder, the main, the most talked about personality, and his film, Zack Snyder's Justice League, the most talked about film, not even released. I mean, if you just think about all of this together, this is history in the making, and yeah. I just think that what's happening this weekend is just bravo to those three ladies, those three Amazons who, who put it together and bravo right. and congratulations to everybody. Because when this started back three years ago, who knew that this would be an end result of it? And not, and this is good. This is just as just a, um, a landmark event into more landmark events that are coming. And right. which, which the biggest one being Zack Snyder's Justice. <clears throat> so even if you're not a fan, even if you don't even aren't aware of what's happening or anything like that, you have to understand that you should be part of this weekend because you're going to be part of history. As I said, I keep repeating it, but it's the truth. Right. Part of history. So be part of it and come witness like what, what all the buzzes are, what the talk is, and be part of the talk, be part of that conversation, and hype levels to the utmost. I I can't I get chills thinking about it. Yeah, I feel you, bro. I, same thing, man. Um, Evan, what is your hype? I know you've um I know we talked about it on the previous podcast, but I just wanted to um just wanted you to sort of re re um iterate where you were standing on uh justice con and what we may what we're going to see uh at justice con well i want to be more optimistic than i was right. last time I feel- uh because last time i came on here and i said that i'm excited for the jl movie but i don't have much interest in anything cinematic universe building only because it just seems up until this point it hasn't right. turned out great um but i want to speak solely on the parts of this i'm excited for namely because i've been thinking about this a lot namely like steve said that that we're getting right Zach's justice league um and honestly the first trailer the more i watch it the more excited I am mm. for it. It's only 30 seconds long, but seeing that uh, Wonder Woman look at the painting of Darkseid, 
that sent chills yeah. up my spine. Um, and so, I mean, basically, I don't have much more to say about this other than I'm excited that uh, given everything that Zach has gone through, my yeah. God, I'm glad that he's getting right. this. I think he deserves. I think he deserves mm-hmm. this, um, and I'm certainly excited to watch it. Um, and um, yeah, I'm actually getting more and more excited for this because I tell you something, Eric, and I'm gonna tell you something you were right about. This is uh, one of those Evan because I kind of had the epiphany, and I've kind of gotten to where I think you've been all along. I'm kind of done with the the Marvel and DC comparisons yeah. as a whole. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, and I, I tell you why. Because whenever you start living life comparing right. things, you can never enjoy certain things right. for what they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so for me, this, you know, I was upset that it's not a theatrical release because I wanted to see Dark Side on the big screen yeah. and, and, and get that mm-hmm. uh, experience. Which honestly, that is still kind of disappointing for me, yeah. only because you can't replicate that feeling of sitting in the movie theater, watching the the trailers, and then just getting the hype of, you know, all those people in the same room with you who are yeah. excited for the same reason. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, I'll take what I can get, and I'm just gonna say again, you know, congratulations to the. The Snyder Cup movement, I mean, I personally wasn't a part of it because I've kind of distanced myself from talking about these movies. You had a right to, sort of. You were Um, right to. Well, and it was just because I kept seeing what it was so painfully obvious they were doing because it got to the point where they straight up were trying to carbon copy what Marvel was doing in terms of the tone of their movies, and it wasn't working. And yet, they kept mm-hmm. doing it. And so, I, and like I said, with Birds of Prey, that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for me because it wasn't even a terrible film. I didn't even think it, it was just like I said, of one of those, what is this film for other right, than a cash right. grab? So, like, yeah. but, but now that Zach's getting this, I'm actually pretty excited. Yeah, I feel you on that. And, and I wanted to take your view and the, what you've um, what you've had the perception of and kind of ask ask Steve the same sort of question because I know I know you Steve you know you're vocal in the Snyder Cut movement you're definitely for sure one of the faces to me and I wonder do you share that same sentiment because where because where me and Evan's perspective comes from on the no comparison is that you know I we've just come to a place where there's nothing that you know. And we all, and I've already established this, like, you know, Zach said it wasn't a competition, but we, me and Evan broke down the business side of things on the last episode um, of how things work in Hollywood and with film. Um, Do you sort of, do you believe the same thing has, or have you given up on this whole sort of concept of, you know, because Marvel's down the road, you know what I'm saying? They've done whatever worked for them respectably. And it worked. It's yeah. been massively successful, and that's cool. But um, you know, for you, did you ever really? Number one, did you ever really see DC in competition with Marvel? And two, now once they potentially ruin that chance, 
with Joss Whedon's uh, Justice League that doesn't exist anymore, thank God. Um, did you just sort of not care anymore for them trying to do a cinematic universe? Well, to me, um, I think we spoke about this the first time. To me, uh, there's competition in everything. Yeah. But in terms of like of your business model, like uh, for instance, uh, A&W competes with McDonald's and Burger King. Yeah. They all do burgers, but they do it in their own way. Mm. And I think that it's competition for the marketplace. As of competition and comparisons with comic, with the same thing can be translated to comic books because if you're into comic books, I mean, yeah, it's fun to talk about who's the toughest or who can beat who and who can beat this. But yeah. in terms of creating a business model and as such, I think uh, what Marvel did, it is groundbreaking, but it really is not groundbreaking because if you look at history of films and everything, Universal did this with their monsters, uh, with Wolfman and Frankenstein. Like, oh, let's why don't we put them two together and uh, let's have these two monsters fight off uh, Dracula? And it's like, oh, there's now you have uh, a market share of it. You can have your three big properties in one film that'll attract more so, viewers. So the in. blueprint was already so, there, basically. It's already yeah, and also th what Marvel did, like if you think about it, they made a full cinematic universe, but they they were just doing the TV model in a way. Phase one, phase two, phase three. These are think of these as seasons, yeah. Right? Uh, for, for a TV show, so really, it's it's unique in that they brought comic books into what what happens in comic books into this. But we can see the restrictions and everything. Right. I think the main thing in that, like, there's competition with studios because it's always about market share. But the problem was that. And Zach said at first, like, we got to do our thing while they do their thing. Right. And the thing about doing our stuff and having everyone has runs. And now we see that Marvel, they, their run is done for the time being because their goal was getting to Endgame. And now that run is done. Okay. Now they got almost got to start fresh in a way with phase four, whenever that comes out. Right. So now, and the biggest problem was. Well, the executives of uh, Warner Brothers, not Warner Brothers as a whole, just the executives yeah. of uh, allegedly, and not going to name names, but it's all online. Yeah. They wanted they wanted to push Justice League, to change it up, and to have it because they thought because everyone was saying, "Oh, you got to follow Marvel, copy Marvel, mm -hmm. what they're doing." No, 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 no. You don't have to do right. that because going back to the burgers, it's it's bad business to copy what. McDonald's is doing or copy or McDonald's to copy what Burger King is yeah. doing. You do your own thing and you keep your pace. And now then the lesson learned is with Justice League because that is it made it made some money but for all the reshoots and to be honest that I don't think there's even 10% of what Zack's movie is in. Yeah. They probably reshoot yeah. everything. everything post Zack did not gross it certainly didn't look like a Zack Snyder film, what I saw in theater. Exactly. And not at all. And the, and now it's like, that's the biggest blip in, in this whole thing. Because this is the Justice League of 2017. That's that's the mistake of copying someone else's homework. Yeah. It's like, no, you do, you put in your work and the fans will be there. And for everyone that talked about, like, oh, who would disagree about? Uh, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and the tone of everything. Well, where was all that with Justice League? That didn't make 
as much as those two films and everything as such. Right. And now going forward, uh, the thing about Justice League is that I think now, well, the the way I see it, and I think this is what it what's Justice League now unfortunately exists, and the DCU movies mo- are moving ahead with that. Yeah. But but with Zack Snyder's Justice League, now comes the opportunity for Zack to tell his story. And we see now that with Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and even Suicide Squad, all of these were a part of telling of Zack telling his Superman story. Now Zack gets the opportunity with Zack Snyder's Justice League to tell his story. And if we were to follow the plan that was set, Snyder would tell his story, it'll be done, and then everyone else gets to tell their stories. Patty Jenkins can tell her trilogy, and uh, James Wan can tell his Aquaman stories, and then now we have Shazam, and and now uh, Birds of Prey, I, I personally like Birds of Prey, <laughs> because to me, when I saw Birds of Prey, like, th- that to me was that, that's a, that was a sequel to Suicide Squad, it, it referenced events, yeah. but Birds of Prey is basically Harley Quinn's Pulp Fiction, if you look at yeah. it. Because that yeah. film, uh, forget about, if you just look at the film, if you just look at the film and the characters and the tone of it, that's basically Pulp Fiction. All these like gangster movies from the 90s and everything as such, yeah. that's what Birds of Prey is. It's basically a girl gang movie, girl gang gangster movie set in Gotham. Yeah. And now that's one part of Harley's story. Who knows what the next part is? And who knows? May And also now there's rumors talk of Ben coming back into the fold and having his Batman story like be told. Who knows when that will take place? Maybe that takes place in the 20 years before Superman arrived on the scene. Now you have uh, Wonder Woman 88, and what's the next part of Wonder Woman of the Wonder Woman trilogy? So you got all these branching stories, but it all kicked off with Zack's story, and then now we move on. And that's the that's where the beauty of it is, is that all these stories live on their own. There's no end, there's no big event there's no big Avengers type uh, event film because that's Zach's uh, that's Zach's uh, movies with Zach Sanders Justice League. That is the big event, right? And we move on from that. So, but this it's all about going your own path, right? And that's the main key. So, in terms of so to to conclude this tangent and everything, yeah. competition exists, but comparisons don't do it. You got to got to make your own thing that's when that's where competition is works in your favor because now when you're doing your own thing that means the other man's got to step up and then when they step up that means you got to step up and that way creativity works and that way you get better in making better content right so sort of mirrors what evan was saying the other day what, what about you, evan yeah Oh, well, no, I totally agree with basically everything Steve just said. I mean, he hit the nail on the head. Um, the only thing I'd add, though, is he was talking about the uh, comparing that. Well, he didn't compare, but he was talking about how we've already seen crossover films before. Like he mentioned Wolfman yeah. and Dracula. But um, yeah. what made the MCU so special is that we've never seen this many crossovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they took. 
that they took it to the umpteenth level like we've never seen. Like, or well, supposed to come out this year, but due to COVID, I guess yeah. not. Like, there was the cross, uh, the film I was looking most forward to this year was Godzilla mm-hmm. and King Kong. Like, that's, yeah. that's a crossover film because, I mean, I grew up a big right. Godzilla fan. Love that. There you go, um, right there. The whole Toho series. How many monsters did Godzilla fight? He fought Rodan, Ghidorah, oh. then, uh, was it Mothra, uh, and all these like, Mecha Godzilla since Godzilla came, Mecha Ghidorah. Like, it's all been done. But even then, though, like, in Avengers Endgame, you had, I mean, geez, how many heroes? At least, I, mean, it, I don't know. It was. And a bunch of them had their own films. I mean, God, like it was an amazing blueprint. And to me, it's absolute brilliance what they did on such an epic scale. But I use this analogy all the time with DC, and this will basically sum up everything I have to say, like what he was saying, competition versus comparison. I've told this story before. I'll tell it again about back in, I think it was the 80s or whenever, yeah. when a, a new Coke was a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was which was basically for anybody who doesn't know this, uh, back when Coca Cola and Pepsi were in the middle of a huge like battle because I think Pepsi was doing just a little bit better than mm-hmm. Coke in sales, so Coke panicking decided they were going to make a product that tasted almost exactly like Pepsi and they called yeah. it New Coke, and they were so confident this product was going to work that they took original Coke off the shelves and just sold new coke but they were shocked when they found out that people were rioting mm. over this they were saying what did you do with my coca-cola like we right. love coke and so i mean they had to learn that lesson the hard way i mean like he said competition does drive others to do better but once you start copying mm. the competition well i mean you start losing people right on that. and and that's exactly true um, and I didn't, I never really like, I like, and I told you, and I tell and I tell people this a billion times sitting in Avengers Endgame at that last final scene, you know, where they're running toward each other to fight. I'm in the middle of that moment. I'm thinking like DC, like W, like exactly to the Warner Brothers executives, like this could have been y'all, but you know, you, you cut your own foot off and then tried to swim, you know, and. Well, I don't know if, if DC could have ever gotten that big only because like Steve and I were talking about like as many crossovers as they did to get. To right. It, it's not, not saying like they, you know, in terms of hype, cause that's subjective, but I'm saying like DC could have been in a better place than they were. Oh yeah you know, at that time. And I'm like, y'all could have been doing something along the lines of this, you know, but you, you sort you, you cut your vision too short. And, and that leads right into my next question for both of you during these neck, during these past three years, I'll say, which have been begrudgingly tough, you know, for the Snyder Cup movement day in and day out, petitioning, arguing, debating, defending, telling other people that, Hey, this cut exists. You know, this isn't just some joker gimmick. You know, this is the original movie. You know, billions of times I've had to tell my family, you know, hey, don't watch that Justice League. That's not the real version of Justice League. And they're like, oh, you know, we don't know 
all the movie insider business like you do. I'm like, I know you don't, but I'm just saying, don't watch this version of the movie because that's not the real Justice League movie, you know? And it's just, it was tough. So now that now that we're getting the cut and and we're, you know, like Steve said, we can move on from that. What where do we where do we move to? You know what I'm saying? Because we had our we had our whole hope set on this, you know, sort of Snyder verse idea where Zach would get to do everything he wanted to do. We all know what happened in that guy side railed. So now there are talks and rumors of a multiverse happening. Um, Zach already confirmed himself in, in Grace Randolph's interview that his Snyderverse, the trilogy itself, Batman v Superman, Man of Steel, and his Justice League exist as one, separate from the continuity that has grown out of Justice League. So, right. I mean, where do we go from here with, with this multiverse thing? Because I And me and Evan have had to, you know, I've, well, me more specifically, I've had to just sit there with the, with the lump in my chest and just accept the fact that, you know, hey, if Zack's Justice League comes out when it does, and that's all we get from DC, and DC doesn't do anything else good for the next five years, I'll be okay. I will be satisfied. I don't know about Evan, but I will be. Well, that, see, that's, yeah, that's where we differ, because I want, I want to see DC do good. I'm a huge DC fan, so I'm not content with DC saying we're just going to do this one good movie and then bury our yeah. heads in the sand. What, what about you, Steve? What What are your thoughts on where the the rumors about the multiverse could take DC post Zack Snyder's jail? I think, uh, see, this is why, like, everyone's talking about multiverse and multiverse, and I think we have to understand what that means in a business aspect. Right. Like, we take multiverse, to me, really, you got to understand that as multi-story. Going back to, like, with Zack Snyder's thing, and what Zach said to told Grace is that he's he has his own universe. Think of it as his own story. Yes. Now Matt Reeves is telling his Batman story with Pattinson. Yeah, right. Which Zach is excited about. So that technically is its own universe. It's Matt Reeves is telling his own story. No matter who knows how many movies that's going to be. Right. So multiverse. That's just a WBDC corporate branding to say we, we can green light all these different creative uh, endeavors yeah. from filmmakers and whatnot, yeah. just like what they do in the comics, right? Right. Now, I, I grew up reading uh, four, run, four runs of Spider-Man, Spectacular, Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man, and also um, Peter Parker, The Adventure uh, Spider-Man, right? Yeah. And also, how many runs of Batman? How many uh, right now? How many uh, uh, runs of uh, Superman? There's there's Superman. There's action comics, and there's probably something else. And Batman has so many different stories, like Bat. Uh, right. uh, by Gaslight. You see metal yeah. of all that, yeah. Then you have um, Spider-Man Blue. That was a great miniseries from Jeff Loeb. Yeah. So that's so taking that uh, uh, business plan and incorporating it to their film structure. Right. So that now, you know what? If Ryan Reynolds wants to say, hey, I want to play Hal Jordan again, they can do it. You can have two Hal Jordan movies like coming up to theaters. 
because yeah. now we use this multiverse branding tag to say, no, we can green light these. Okay, if Evan wants to tell, say, a new God story, but Eric, you also want to tell the story of uh, Orion, but yeah. uh, Orion separately. Yeah. So now, Evan, you can tell your new God story with Darkseid and everything as such. Let it be its own thing. And well, well, as Eric, mm -hmm. you can tell your own thing. We don't have to connect anything now as what Feige did, where he kept it, well, although it is phenomenal what he, in, he accomplished, yeah. but there are still restrictions because now you're also hindering filmmakers into saying, okay, I like your ideas, but you got to add in this, you got to add in this. If they you want to add in this. that they want to do, right. Yeah, because we got to connect everything as such. Right. And we got to make everything as a whole. Right. As for my plan. And that so here over in DC, no, we can, I can green light so many different uh, properties and stories. I can green light Ben's uh, Batman trilogy, Matt's Batman trilogy, and who knows, maybe Darren Aronofsky might want to say, hey, you know what? Remember that Batman idea I had? Like, I want to give that a shot. You know what? Okay, let's do it. And then you can also have Todd Phillips if he wants to do another Joker film. And then Mayer might yeah. also want to continue telling another Suicide Squad story, this time centered on the Joker. So you can have all these different, uh, all these different mini films with the same character, and it can be their own thing. So now multiverse to me, that's what it looks like. It's okay. just a branding to say, green light this, 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 and this. We don't have yeah. to connect anything. And now here's more creative freedom for these filmmakers. Right. I feel that. What are your thoughts on that, Evan? Well, let me ask this question to because he, he talked a lot about creative filmmaking. Eric, let me ask you a question. On a scale of one to ten, how much do you trust Warner Brothers to let directors do their own thing? That dep I mean, because look, I, that's a... They did let Todd Phillips right. do jokes. That's a hard question. Are we just talking about DC property or are we talking about all of Warner Brothers properties? I'm talking more along the lines of the DC okay. universe because to me, with what they did with Zack Snyder, it kind of showed a lack of faith in what he right. Because I, I was gonna name drop. I was just gonna say this small. I was gonna name drop the the Matrix trilogy, which to me is the yeah. pinnacle of Warner Brothers allowing their creators to um, do what they want to do and create a different vision, which resulted in them creating one of the most iconic trilogies of all time. Um, so, and now back on the DC side, back to your question, on a scale of one to 10, it's, it's going to depend on what these next few DC releases um, are going to be and what they tell me at DC fandom. It depends on that solely. So as of right now, I would give them about a, a seven because yesterday Zach said on the interview that Warner Brothers was in a way telling him, you know, hey, Zach, go ahead and finish your vision. To me, that's the ultimate flip side apology to say, hey, sorry, we ruined what you what your vision. So, you know, hey, finish it. We're going to spot you this amount of money. It's going to go on our, our new hottest streaming platform. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, to me, I give them about a seven right now, but it's going to be it's going to take some more convincing and depending on what they do, because like you said, they they did great with Todd Phillips and allowing Todd to. <clears throat> take Joker <clears throat> under his black label 
And so to do that, so, I mean, we know what Warner Brothers is capable of, like you said, when they let people, when they let creators do what they got to do. And I always, I'm sorry. Dude, Eric, honestly, I feel like if DC wants to get back on the right track, invest in the black label movies. They made a billion dollars off the Joker. I mean, yeah. come on. And I, and I keep spitting this rule to everyone. I'm like, there was no rule when Marvel dropped the Avengers and the cinematic universe became legit official. There was no rule saying, hey, in order to be successful, you got to do it the way Marvel did it. There was no other... There was no rule saying that. So, I mean, to me, DC would be just would have been just as successful doing what Steve what Steve had just laid out and still would have been just as awesome. So, I mean, but that's just me. What about you, Steve? What do you think about uh, that question on a scale? of And do you trust how much do you trust Warner Brothers to allow that them to trust creative vision? Uh, I think that they okay. First, let's understand that superheroes are big properties. These are yeah. big marketing properties. They are. I think we, we would say we're being naive to think that even now, like investing in Zack Snyder, like they really care about these <laughs> these characters. It they, would be naive to think that they care about these like superheroes and comic books and whatnot. Right. They see dollar signs. And that's, you know what? That's, um, I totally understand. It's, it's all a business. Yeah. But also... There is now, you learn the lessons of what to do with your business, with, with your film business. Right. Understanding, okay, now I think, I think the biggest tell now was when Zach revealed mm -hmm. everything after, yeah. the, after the Man of Steel watch along. Right. You see all the handles, AT&T, HBO Max, HBO, uh, Warner Media, Warner Brothers. Right. Batman v Superman handles all the verified handles under one roof, posting the exact same thing. Zack Snyder's Justice League. That tells me they went all in on this thing. They, they right. looked at it. AT&T looked at it and said, "Zack, you're a man. You, you, right. We're putting all our chips on you." So right now, I think they took a big investment with Zack and trusting that everyone is going to watch it. And I and definitely so because. Zach has said in the Hollywood Reporter interview with Zach said, uh, Zach mentioned that the Snyder Cut basically is the most talked about film and it's not even released yet. Yeah. And we don't know what is in this film. We have no idea what's in there. Not Everything Zach has shown, like when Evan talked about the Dark Side trailer, that those 30 seconds, like we've seen that, but we have not seen that in color. We have not seen that in motion and to think everything Zach has put up that's not even the half that's not even a tenth of what probably he has in right. in, in his cut in his four hours in everything that he shot and he and everything he's going to finish with shooting so I I think right now they they fully invested in Zach and they're giving Zach creative freedom yeah going forward uh, some filmmakers like there'll be some leeway to say like, okay, you gave uh, creative freedom to Zach. It's like, uh, give me some too. So there'll be some uh, some understandings there because again, it is a business. You can't some uh, and even speaking from experience, uh, some ideas are just doesn't really translate well. Yeah. But you never know until you put it out there. It may not be for everyone, 
it may not hit everyone right away, but at least you put the idea out there. Like going back to the Matrix, I love Reloaded, and I totally and I like I enjoy Revolutions. Revolution. And I remember yeah. when that those two movies came out, everyone's like, "What is this? It's like what's all this philosophy?" philosophy inducing like with neo and the one and yeah. his sacrifice and why is he become like why is he more jesus here and all the machines and everything as such but when you come to watch what the wachowskis were doing they were in influence uh, injecting anime ideologies they were injecting eastern ideologies into a big sci-fi cyberpunk epic right and the fact that at the end of it, Neo sacrifices so that the machines and the human race, they work in tangent, they work together as a truce because you got the biggest antivirus of Agent Smith ruining both sides. And to think that, and you have this truth, these are like heavy concepts for what, what is basically a, a blockbuster martial arts uh, action uh, summer film. Right. So you have to put the ideas out there so the audience can absorb it. And, and with Man of Steel, all the idea Batman v Superman all the I find it funny that now Zach Zach put all these ideas of the way Superman's treated oh. and the way Batman is um, made with Batman in ba- the way he's portrayed as really the main 1% villain and now we see all those ideas back in that film back in 2000 2016 they play in real life now right right the, I, you have so it's about understanding and having the faith in your creators and putting the ideas out there. That's what the origin of film is. Like it's about creatives having ideas and putting out into the public. And that's why we have films like 2001. That's why we have films like King Kong. That's why we have films like Godzilla. Think about this, man. Like imagine like uh, the creator of Godzilla came up to you guys and say, Hey, uh, Eric, Evan, I want to make a movie about a giant, a uh, giant lizard terrorizing Tokyo, but it's really ba- uh, really an a- analogy of what ha- of what happened with a nuclear bomb. Yeah. Think about that, right? And what would what would your first reaction be to that? Bro, you're freaking crazy! Like we're putting exactly. an action movie. <laughs> and but now Godzilla is like one of the biggest icons all over the world. Yeah, like think about it. So ideas change the world. And you got to put the ideas out there. And it may not be for everyone, but it can be for the right people. And when yeah. the right people latch on to those ideas, then everyone latches on to that. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, Evan? Anything to add to that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look at the the filmmakers and, that are, uh, and the directors that are regarded as the best of yeah. all time. They all, yeah. at some point, made a film that everybody said, this film is stupid, there's no way it's going to work. My favorite example to cite, and why I consider this guy to be the best to ever stand on the other side of the camera, is Steven Spielberg, and that's for his film, Jaws. That film, so many people laughed at it. Like, you're going to make a movie about a shark that kills people, whatever. And then all the difficulties that they faced, like they spent the entire film budget on this shark, no actor wanted to be uh, yeah. in this film because they all thought it was going to flop. I mean, but fast forward 40 years or however long it is later, Jaws is one of the biggest cinematic movies of all right. time. 
I mean, that movie was a game changer. It dominated the box office, and it convinced tens of millions of people to stay out of the water. But my point is, he took a huge risk with that yeah. movie. The act, the, the directors that have always played it safe, and they always just make a, a similar story that we've already seen a thousand yeah. times. They might, they might make money, they might have a good living, but they're not gonna like change anything. They're not gonna right. be remembered 20, 30 years from now. But the Steven Spielbergs, I mean, my great grandkids will be talking about Steven Spielberg. Right. His legacy is cemented forever in Hollywood immortality. Just like uh, other directors like Stanley Kubrick, another director who changed the game with films like A Space Odyssey and films like that. So, I mean, I completely agree with what he said, man. Yeah. Sometimes I I think to myself about... People can say what they want about Zack Snyder. What'd you say? Hmm? Did I cut out? Yeah, you cut out a little bit. Did I cut out? What were you saying? Oh, I'm back now. Uh, I was saying um, that um, people can say what they want about Zack Snyder, whether it be positive or negative. But at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. I give the man huge props for trying something different. Yeah. And trying to change the game. Yeah. I got I, I got to give him props. Whether it falls flat and people don't like it, or whether it's received very well, I give the man huge credit. And the mm. last point I'll make on this is a more recent example. Yeah. Look at Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. I mean, the risks he took with that film, making Batman so much more simplistic, he completely took comic book elements out of that film. Scarecrow didn't walk around in a really goofy-looking suit. Uh, Joker didn't have an acid-spitting flower. Joker actually made Two-Face in this one. And then Bane wasn't a steroided-out junkie with Venom. But yet, that trilogy is arguably the greatest trilogy ever made. And it was such a huge risk, and the payoff was huge, because Nolan showed us what superhero films could be. And now, because he took that risk, his name right. is cemented in Hollywood. And to me, to me, I think Zach's name should be cemented on the side of being able to bring these prop, bring comic book properties more so to life. To me, when he did Watchmen, that was where I'm like, yeah, Zach is forever going to be legendary for this one. And then yeah. I credit him with being the only director in Hollywood. I repeat the only director in Hollywood that tackled the objective of bringing Superman into the 21st century for their modern age. And I don't, and, and like back to what Steve was saying about the matrix. So those have a lot of the criticisms of the matrix trilogy came from the fact that, yeah, it's this amazing sci-fi trilogy, but at the same time, the ideological philosophies that it has in it, are sort of washed and drowned out by the action scenes and the iconic, you know what I'm saying? Act, you know, action Mm -hmm. moments that they have in there. And so, but for me, it didn't, I totally understood what they were doing. Um, So for me, I was, sometimes I sit back and wonder, well, why couldn't we let these same philosophies and ideologies play out for Superman and Batman? How come people didn't want to let Superman go through this sort of, 
time in his life where he was getting hammered. Why didn't they let Bat? Why didn't they want to let Batman have his moment? But you know that that's just all, you know, subjective. Because there's a whole lot of fans. Well, I, I can actually answer that to some extent. I can actually answer that to some extent, and I think it's because we like to see superheroes overcome, go through, but we don't want to see superheroes as as no, not even go through, but just as seeing right. them as not super, just seeing them so, just like okay, what's super about this person? They're going through all this. They seem to be nothing but a massive screw up. I thought this was supposed to be a superhero because like I've mentioned at the end of the day, we do look up to superheroes. I mean, we fell in love with yeah. those superheroes because they're super. Anything so I think, in I think that has a lot to Steve? do with it. Oh, sorry. Uh, but I think also like if you were, um, if you're an avid reader of comics, then let's, let's go back to Spider-Man, right? I mean, I think Spider-Man is the one hero where it can attract so many young readers, so many kids, because who doesn't want, to have superpowers and be called spider that's just a cool thing right and to have like this really cool costume and everything but yeah. stan lee and Deco and all these other writers they did tackle like like the most famous being uh when uh, harry osborne had a pill addiction yeah and all these things and such and also like being a teenager and everything spider-man he goes through so many trials and so many ups and downs and that makes spider-man so relatable and if you read comics, like what what do you do? Yeah, you do have fantastical elements, mm-hmm. but also there should be a relatability to it. And that's mm-hmm. where I find with Zach, what he did with Superman is that is it's it really is nothing groundbreaking. It's more about bringing uh, bringing to light like um, what's already been done in the source material in the comics, because. Now we get to like really connect with with a character. We don't. We're not connecting with a with a symbol, or we're not connecting with, say, um, a marketed uh, version of a Boy Scout of like of of strength and superiority and and even like doing the right thing and being great and whatnot. We're connecting with an actual character, and to me, that is the utmost respect we can give for these for these properties. And that we look at them as not as just superheroes or not as just uh, comic books that we just pick up and read on our leisurely time. Yeah, uh, we look at the, look at them as characters, as uh, literary characters that have living lives. Right. And that's what Jack was doing with bridging the modern myth uh, with our modern myth with the modern mythos. Is that we're bringing the fantastical to our modern day? What if a Superman were to come? Who is Superman? What what is he? Does he go through the same trials as as we do? Right. These are like heavy concepts, and it's not heavy concept. These are relatable concepts. Yeah. And that's and that's where I think that going to Evan said we want to we want these heroes to like we want to look up to these heroes. Right. But yeah, but all, that's that's great. But also, there should be I, I don't know. To me, it's more related. It's more it's much better when there's a relation and that, okay, he's, this character is like me, but he rose above and he overcame, he or she overcame. Right. And that means that I could do the same in my own way too. Right. The one, the one thing I would say to that though, is I think there are just some characters where it's harder to relate to them. 
Like, I think it's much easier to relate to a 16-year-old nerd who got bit by a spider and he has now been. Yeah. As opposed to an alien demigod. Yeah. I think it's a little bit. I mean, I mean, I give I give Zach credit because I do think he did make Superman more relatable. But I'm just saying that with a character like Spider-Man, it's a lot more easy to be relatable because he's a kid who just how he happened to stumble into what he has now. Whereas you've got Superman. He was born that way. He is not human. He's an alien demigod. So it's kind of harder to relate to him in that way. But that's also in a power level. Like, but also, like, what is the character of Superman? Like, even, like, Man of Steel, you see, like, young Clark, like, questioning, like, what, what is my purpose in life? That's, that's the whole thing of Man of Steel is that but prior to, like, putting on yeah. the costume, prior to going into the, the scout ship, that was his thing. Like, it was his journey of, like, what is my purpose here? What am I supposed to do? His child. Like, and he, yeah, yeah and, and even through his life of going, being... Uh, being a fisherman and also wandering the earth is like yeah this is almost like a, in a biblical uh, mythological way it's like this one character like and his own lone journey of of yeah. really like figuring out who we really are and then we actually come out to the world and say this is who i am yeah. but understanding like yeah this is who i am there are also positives and there are consequences in that and i think it's it's in those it's in the subtext it's in like this fine line subtext that we understand like who Superman is and how we are like and how we can relate to him. Yeah. And I think Shiraz, he uh, for a comic book debate, he put up a for Batman v Superman. He made this entire like uh, opinion piece about how like it's really the immigrant experience with Superman, and yeah. how and even like how many Muslims and many uh. Um, ethics uh, ethnic folks uh, underwent even say like after 9-11 and after after all these like atrocities and everything like how would they represent and how would they look and you can yeah. see that there were literal uh, signs when superman went into um, the congress meeting like uh, illegal alien and everything like those are yeah there's so many subtext uh, touches to where um uh, to where we can connect with clark with kal-el and that's uh, and that's where like, I think Zach really hit it is that okay we have a really superpowered being how do we connect to him and that's by focusing on the man and not the super right and that's true I I I believe that and you know I think all our heroes should have it one thing they don't have to be you know all over the board but they have to have one thing that we can sink our teeth into that we can grab onto and relate to but. Um, in our final 10 minutes, we've reached the 50th minute of the hour. In the final 10 minutes, I want to discuss um, and get your opinion on, you know, because we're still seeing these things. Um, and it's not it's not negative, but I just think it has to be addressed. Um, you know, I love my, my movement. I love the Snyder Cut movement. You know, I've met many amazing people like you, made friendships, um, and just learned a whole bunch of new things. But, um, you know, the victory, and as you already know, the victory's done. We won the war. We got the Snyder Cut. Um, and I'm, and, but yet I'm still scrolling through Twitter and I'm seeing some of these um, toxic behaviors. What's up, King Money? Thanks for joining. Um, I'm seeing some of these toxic behaviors within the Snyder Cut movement that, you know, where it's like, you know, this, is, this thing is about credit. And, I, and we talked about this before. You know, it's like, what's your purpose in being 
you know, in cheering on for Zack Snyder to get his version of Justice League? Are you doing this for you or are you doing this for Zack? And so, you know, just the, the infighting and all these politics, you know, um, you know, and shout out Grace Randolph for the amazing interview. Shout out to her for dropping that interview, you know, and, you know, but yet people still want to make it about credit, you know, because, you know, other bloggers, you know, might not have an interview with Zach. You know, some people don't, you know what I'm saying? But um, for some reason, it's just turned into this whole thing about who's more connected to Zach and who you should trust with Zach. I'm like, first of all, y'all don't own Zach. Y'all don't live by Zach. Y'all don't pay his bills. He's his own guy. You know what I'm saying? It's a grown man. So like, and it's just sort of that. So what are your percent, what are your perspectives on that? And how should we, um, what's your, what's your advice mo- mo- more to say for, uh, per se for people who need to mature and just sort of move forward and, you know, just be happy about us getting Zach's jail. Cause we don't need this drama going on tomorrow during yeah. justice con. We've already got all this negative talking, blah, 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 about people saying this and that about justice con. So, but you know, what, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I will say that, I mean, in some ways I understand because in the credit part, in, in that ever since this movement started, there's a lot of people who are part of it. Yeah. And the truth is, is that you'll be forgotten. Like yeah. there's only a certain amount of people that will be recognized. And I'm sure in like um, Sean O'Connell's book, chronicling this entire movement, yeah, there are people who will be named and there are those who will not be named. Who won't, right. And some of those who will not be named probably did the most yeah. than those that did. Yeah. And, and the simple fact is that some get credit, some don't. Yeah. And, and I, under, I, I honestly understand because it's a pat on the back and it's also like, yeah, it's like, I did the work. Yeah. I should be... I should be um, not recognized, but I should be seen. Right? right. Yeah. I did. I did the legwork. I was there. Like I, I was in the trenches in in some yeah. ways. And, yeah. And this this is no diss on Grace, but like even Grace tweeted today, she was like, you know, yeah. uh, you know, I'm sick of people not giving me credit or you know such and such. And I'm, yeah. when did this become about credit? Then there's other screenshots of people saying that oh, this other person did the mm-hmm. view first and such and such. And I'm like. When did this become about credit? I don't. We don't know who breaks a story on half of these sources that we talk about. We just know that once they're confirmed, we want to talk about it. It don't matter who broke it. You know what I'm and, saying? And who are these stories? Like, is it like a what your, your pet cat telling you these stories? Like, if it's someone right. you have a dream and then like some mystical figure came and told you this? Like, come on. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I just. So I, in a way, yeah. In, in a way, uh, just to finish off, I, I understand, but. I think it all comes back to who are you as a person? Yeah. Are you someone that really, uh, really think that I should be credited for, or think that, yeah, I should be recognized for the hard work I put in, which is very valid. That's valid. Or are you a person to, who is fine in knowing that what you did benefited the other person? Yeah. 
and that seeing the other person strive and uh, and do well right and know that they're better off because of your hard work yeah that's the reward that's the problem and i'll be yeah. and, and and i'll be honest in that like say if zach doesn't that's um you know he might not, not even know who i am he might not even like might not even like uh, be known or be told to like oh yeah there's this guy uh, yeah uh, steve or eric or evan or maybe uh yeah someone else like he might not even know tons of people that helped him that helped in this movement right but are you are you the person who wants zach to know who you are yeah or are you the type of person who is fine and knowing that zach is better off right so i don't have a definite answer because you know like i might say one thing but i can be a hypocrite and say another thing like two days later yeah and because we're, we're all human beings that's, all that's raw that's honest yeah what about you Evan? what do you think all right, I got a little small angry yeah, rant to finish this off. Um, because anybody out there who's taken this movement and try to make it about credit and assigning it wherever and nitpicking all that, honestly, shame on them, and I'll tell you why. Because to me, I look at this movement not so much as people getting what they want. I look at this as there is a man mm-hmm. in Zack Snyder who went through something that no human being should ever have to go through. They should never have to go through what this man went through. And the fact that this man is getting to finish what he started before tragedy struck, to me, that is a beautiful thing. That is something that almost brings tears to my eyes when I think about him getting to finish this. And I'm, I'm honestly, for me, when it comes to Snyder Cup movement, I'm just happy for else. Zach right. above all else. Above all else, I'm happy for Zach. I hope this film is amazing. I hope it's the highest. Well, I'm going to watch it. I already told Eric, when it drops, I'm at his house with a bucket of popcorn, and we're watching this. Um, but honestly, man, all I can say is shame on anybody who's trying to make this about anything other than Zach finishing his right. vision. That's what this is that they can keep all the petty arguments to themselves. But at the end of the day, this is a human being who went through a tragedy right. no one should ever have to go through. Um, and the fact that he's getting to finish this, uh, I just, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just so happy for the guy. And I, I hope it's amazing. I'm going to watch it. Shame on anybody who's trying to make it about them. Cause this is right. about Zach and his vision. Right. And for and me and, and ending, it. ending off on top of that for the record, if anybody listens back to this interview, this is not a diss to anyone who blogs or does anything. I do. We did not say that Grace Randolph was seeking attention. We did not say that Jay House or anybody or other bloggers who do that seek attention. We're simply saying that this movement was about Zach and his family and his movie. And mm-hmm. for him to get his vision, took the support of people who might not even get that recognition, who might not even be seen. That's fine. You know, people who probably might not get the interview, Zach, or, you know, talk, I might not get to. And I'm satisfied with that. You know what I'm saying? Zach sees my content on Vero. Him, when he likes a picture of mine, 
that's enough for me. I don't got to talk to Zach. I don't have to hey say, hey, Zach, I was here at every single event, da-da-da-da-da, recognize me. You know what I'm saying? No, absolutely not. Just just to interact and be able to interact with the people that inspire you is should be enough. You know what I'm saying? So it's... Anybody that would shame on them. Zach, shame on them. Straight up. Straight up, man. That, that, that's, that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing right there. So everyone has to make a decision. Like, you have to really look into themselves. What is true allyship for Zach? Yeah. Is it what's being a real ally? It's not... It's not always about you. Right. Is this about you growing your brand? Is this about you trying to, you know, get big? Or are you seriously, truly concerned about what was going on? And Because at the end of the day, that's the legacy that you leave behind. That's what you're going to have to look back at. Did you spend countless yeah. troll hours online just, you know, trying to get attention? Or were you actually about this movement and trying to support it, whether you got recognized or not? That's the question you got to ask. I mean, I'm a little late to the party on this one, but I'm a hundred. I feel you, bro. I feel you. I feel you on that. And that's good because Evan, Evan is not a biased person. Evan is not biased at all. He's the most level-headed person there is. So, you know what I'm saying? For you to say that, that is big. Well, it's just whenever, I mean, I knew that tragedy struck him. But whenever I found out exactly what happened, I said to myself, give yeah. this man his movie. Give that. This man deserves that. He has earned that. He deserves to have his vision shown, whether it is good or whether somehow it's yeah. not so good. He deserves it. And that's true, man. He deserves it. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for being on, man. This was an amazing discussion. Absolutely enjoyed it. Thank you, Steve for being on the show and returning man for a second time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. It's, uh, it's really, honestly, it's very, uh, therapeutic talking to it's you. Therapeutic. You got to get that steam off, bro. You got to, <laughs> it's, uh, it's thick. It's, uh, it's really, it's a wonderful thing to discuss all this with level headed individuals. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about your mama or your grandma just cause you don't agree <laughs> with my thinking or view. The art of good conversation does not exist anymore, yeah. and it's depressing mm-hmm. to think about. But, um, but yeah, Justice Con tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday. I believe the live stream is going to be up on YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, I just wanted to double check. Going to be up on YouTube. Follow the Justice Con YouTube page. Uh, I'm not going to be posting as much content tomorrow, just what's going to be seen and reported on justice con so and if and and by god if zach when zach brings down the lightning and drops like at least a sneak peek or a clip of something god have mercy help us all i will be talking about (laughs) zach has laid waste the internet over and over again stop hurting hurting him zach man (laughs) yeah but i'm excited for it i'm ready thank you gentlemen for being on Thanks, everyone who tuned in. Y'all be blessed. This is Jay House Podcast Radio. Have a good one. Peace. Peace. Thank you for joining. This has been another edition of Jay House Radio.